millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there. You're listening to the Alternative Facts Podcast. My name's Chris Payne. I'm your host in this weekly Billboard podcast about alternative music. Just heard the new Paramore. That's Hard Times. Sounds like it's going to be a hit. Sounds like it should be the song of the summer. That's what we spent last week talking about. If you didn't listen to our debut episode last Thursday, go back and listen when you're done here. Rest assured, for this episode, we got updates. We're checking in on the new Paramore and how it's doing. There's also a lot more to talk about. Some of their pals, Fallout Boy. Those guys are up to something, looks like. Last Friday, uh, they went on their official socials, social meds, the Twitter, the Instagram, sent out a bunch of addresses around the Chicago area, where they're from, mysteriously. Told fans to be ready at 11 a.m., also very mysterious. Turned out the addresses all led people to movie theaters around there. During the trailers for the stuff that was going on at 11 a.m., for whatever the people came to see, whatever was playing, like Fat, I don't know, Fate, in the, Fate of the Furious, Boss Baby. Uh, I haven't been to the movies in months, but they saw a little commercial with some footage of a tropical island, and then the words Fallout Boy, 4-28-17, then the commercial ended. So what does it mean? Well, in the, uh, in the tradition, in the spirit of all these band teaser things that come out these days, I would think that something from Fall Out Boy is coming on April 28th. In case it's new music, we already talked about that. Kevin, you're back on the podcast. I know, two weeks in a row. We're, make, gi- we're giving them too much. I don't know about this. <laughs> this makes you a regular contributor to alternative facts at this point. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I'll do something to screw it up here shortly. <laughs> we'll we, 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 we got to get you like theme music that comes. Oh in if you're man, gonna be a regular person. <laughs> yeah, chart man, just uh, swooping in. Yeah, Ugh. we got to do better than that. Yeah, it, much better. You know, I, n- never go with the first idea. You Your know? Twitter handle is uh, Surfwax. We can maybe play this the Weezer song. We could. That's true. Good points good point yeah then there's a weezer out in the world right now new song so why not 
Well, we just shouted out your Twitter handle. Why, why don't you let people know how to get in touch with you on Twitter and also <laughs> shout out any other projects you're working on right now? Yeah, yeah. So I, I am surfwax83 on, on Twitter. Um, 83 is my favorite number. I wasn't born in 1983 or something. But uh, And uh, other projects I'm working on right now is uh, just those charts. Just those charts, man. Just, you know, I, I keep doing them. I, I, I do the rock charts, but I also do the social and the streaming charts here. So, you know, it's a it's a very wide-ranging thing that's going down here. But my uh, first love is rock music. So we talked a lot about Paramore last week, about their new single, Hard Times. Yeah. We were optimistic for how it would do at radio its first week. So now that it's been out there in the world for about a week, how do you see it doing? Um, it's, it's still doing pretty well so far. Um, this starting with, uh, starting with Monday yesterday, um, that is the first day of the full tracking week for radio. And, uh, so this is the first full week that this song is going to have. So it's, I think this is kind of the make or break week because this is the first time where you can see how well this song is doing at all formats in a seven day sense. Whereas, you know, again, as you recall, Hard Times came out on a Wednesday. So because of that, it only had whatever it could get on Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday through Sunday. Um, it did really well the first week. It debuted at number 31 on Alternative Songs. Uh, that's its best. That's the band's best debut on that chart since uh, Ignorance. It debuted, I think, at 26. So it's been a very long time since they've had a song that's been this good out this good for that chart out the gate Mm -hmm. and it also debuted pretty high i think um was it number 33 yeah number 33 on rock airplay which combines all the rock formats into one and uh measures in terms of audience overall audience and uh debut at 33 which is i think the highest they've ever been there so off to a good start and uh has a really good shot it seems like of also making a couple of charts next week from a radio sense maybe not top 40 yet but uh adult top 40 actually has a good shot so it's it's coming for sure um but that being said it's it's um it's not like a runaway immediate hit like it's not going to be breaking into the top 10 next week right off the bat of you know? alternative songs of alternative songs correct yeah it's not going to be suddenly just like it's not going to be everywhere. If you, if you, let's put it this way: if you if you have an alternative station in your area, and you haven't heard it yet, or you haven't heard it a whole lot, that's not weird, uh, because it still is a new song, and they're still just going to be kind of starting to try it out. But um, again, this is kind of a make or break week, break week for it, because I think if if a station hasn't necessarily caught onto it yet, in an alternative sense, they may never, um, and. But the, the, the fact that it started as good as it did, I think, is a good good sign. If it's a make-or-break week for it, what would the make look like? I think the make would be a continued a continued rise at this point. Um, you want it to go above, certainly want it to go above 31. I think even for a second week with this song or the new single by a band that's, in theory, a pretty big alternative rock band, I think, you know, top 25 has to happen. Um, if it hasn't happened yet, then that's, I think some red flags might be kind of going off, you know, there at that point. But uh, um, I, I will say at this point, I, you know, I looked at some preliminary data today. Um, yesterday, it was the 29th most played song of the week at Alt Radio. And that's in its, uh, I, I can think at this point, sixth week out, or sixth day, sixth day rather, sixth day out. So that's pretty good. I think, you know, it's, it's, um, but I think if it gets to the top 25, 
that'll be a plus. Um, and if it can get to the top 20 the next week, you want to see constant growth. If it all of a sudden it starts stalling out, maybe only increasing by a little bit every week, that's when there's starting to be a problem. But as long as it keeps kind of leaps and bounds gaining, it's pretty good. For tracking Paramore, what day and where on the Billboard website can people go to see how Hard Times is doing? So Tuesdays are the best day generally to do that. Uh, Tuesdays are when the all the charts at Billboard uh, update. Now, on Sundays and Mondays, there are some exceptions. Like when the album comes out, you want to check it out the website on Sundays to see you know, how it ended up doing on the Billboard 200. And on Mondays... We have a very quick like update of the Hot 100, but it's usually like the top 10. If it's outside the top 10, it's pro- you're probably not going to know where it is yet, unless if you uh, tweet the uh, guy in charge of it, Gary Trust, and he might be able to tell you. He does tell people stuff. You know, people do tweet at him, and he responds, oh, yeah, it's number 73 this week. So if you're really curious... Uh, you All can right. do that. <laughs> Let's get the Paramore fans <laughs> tweeting at Gary. What is Gary's Twitter handle? It's uh, G-T-H-O-T-20. Okay. Uh, G-T-Hot-20. So if you want to hear about how Hard Times is doing, get it, Gary, and he'll yeah. see what he can do. Yeah, I, I can say that it is not on there this week, but next week there's a shot. So uh, tweet him. Tweet, tweet up a storm. Why not? <laughs> so another big rock band pop crossover, Fall Out Boy. They teased a video last Friday, which might indicate some sort of new music. We're not sure what's coming yet, but let's say Fall Out Boy was to release a new song. They did really well with Centuries. That was the big hit single on their last album, American Beauty, American Psycho, that came out in 2015, beginning of 2015. How would you see new Fall Out Boy music doing right now? As we've talked about with the way alternative radio is going, it's probably fit in just fine unless they take a crazy left turn kind of in the way that I guess Linkin Park did with Heavy where it's just like it barely even sounds rock as long as there's still some of that Fall Boy essence to it and they haven't just, you know, traded everything just for synths, then it's probably going to still do pretty well at alt radio and it's probably going to do really well at Top 40 and the Hot 100 as a whole. I mean, they're a band that... When they came back, you know, four, five years ago, however long ago it was, I mean, they they came back with, like, the song they should have come back with, My Songs In The Dark. It was just, like, that song that really, like, okay, Fall Out Boy is back, and it was it was grabbing. It was just, like, this this is what they needed to kind of assert themselves in, 20, in the 2010s. And they've continued to do that since. Centuries was also that song. And... Um, I'm sure this song will be too. And I think what they also benefit from this time is the fact that they did, I feel, I felt like they took a little more of a breather this time because it felt like, I remember when Centuries came out, it felt like that was just so sudden, like really already another new song. And maybe part of that was because they had that immortal song that was on the, the I think big hero six soundtrack. Yeah. The Disney movie. It was, it was big hero. Yeah. Six. So like it, that helped a little bit, I think kind of tied you over. So it felt like Fall Out Boy never really went away. But but that was still very quick in between albums, I think. And, like, that's – I think, like, so th- this was kind of nice because it felt like they finally just kind of weren't there for a bit. Because it not just, not just, like, in terms of, like, on the radio, but it felt like for a while there – they were like that band that would play almost every single award show. Oh, they've yeah. They they will <laughs> they will show up to the CMAs, the Latin Grammys. They will do a duet with uh with 
Florida Georgia line and Flo Rida, they'll uh, they'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what we get the chain smokers for now is the Florida Georgia line thing. But uh, and Backstreet Boys. Uh, but um, anyway, yeah, it's it, they, it felt like they were everywhere for a while there. So it was it's kind of it was kind of nice to kind of have a little bit of a, of a breather. Um, not that I don't think they could have put out a song, you know, early 2016, and I wouldn't have loved it. But this is a little, I think this is a little better to to kind of have taken a step back for a bit, even though it really hasn't necessarily been that long. I think about it's only been about a little over a year ago that Irresistible was like a single and doing decent at pop radio had helped that Demi Lovato was on the was on the song as well. But um, yeah, it's it feels it feels like, OK, they've been back, gone long enough that I. I so I feel good about it, and also I think that they've been gone long enough that people are going to be psyched for a new single. It's not going to be one of those things like, okay, you know, Fall Boy's got another song out, and you know, you're going to listen to it, and we'll see how it is. It's not so much like Paramore, where Paramore was gone for a couple years. It's a little less than that, but it's still long enough, that I think. So by the time this podcast comes out, you should know what's up with Fall Out Boy, what they've actually been teasing. We're not so sure yet, but mm-hmm. want to move on now to some smaller names because we've talked a lot about big titans in rock music, Linkin Park, Fall Out Boy. <laughs> what are some smaller, newer artists who are interesting to you right now on the charts? On the charts right now, uh, I, I'm going to keep a theme with these because they're both acts that are all caps Okay. So, which I didn't, I didn't mean to do, but then I did it. There's like, a lot of that. In, you, there is a lot of alternative bands these days, the totally. caps lock bands. Yes, totally. That's that's the thing. Um, and both of these songs I'm going to mention, or, or bands I'm going to mention, but specifically the songs I think have really good crossover potential for the summer, not just for alt, but also into pop. So I think that's like they're the kind of songs I feel like you will be hearing a lot coming up if you haven't already. That's why I want to mention them, you know, because maybe you can, maybe maybe your friends haven't heard them yet, so now you'll you'll look cool by being early on them. So there's this uh, there's this band from Austin, um, I think you pronounce it Missio. It's basically Mission without the N. I, I don't know, um, but they have a song called Middle Fingers um, that first started popping up a couple months ago on um, on some alt radio playlists and. It was it was striking to me because I, I know you've you've mentioned to me that they kind of feel sort of twenty one pilotsy and I've mentioned also how they have a bit of a weird AWOL nation slant to them too and you kind of throw that all together and what do you get? Uh, it's kind of this song um, and it's also kind of their aesthetic as a band in general. Um, I saw them at South by Southwest uh, about a month ago and hearing the whole set kind of gave me that feeling too it wasn't like just a fluke but the song's called middle fingers they're signed to rca records and uh at this point it's already made top 10 at alt so this isn't like some baby new thing but it does kind of have that mentality the sort of that like you know the, when they when they say middle fingers it isn't just a clever name i mean they're talking about raising your middle fingers to things um and i think that plus you know kind of where i think a lot of people think the country and society is going in the year 2017 combine that all together and it feels like that perfect storm of like oh god this might be a thing i don't like them 
But I do have one other band that I wanted to mention. This is another all caps band. Um, Magic Giant is their name. And they're on um, uh, blanking on the label right now. I think it's Washington Square. But this is a band that if you really like what Judah and the Lion was doing with Take It All Back – um, but you wish it was a little poppier, a little less, uh, a little less like Imagine Dragons, and a little more. I don't know, just just insert pop group here. Uh, magic, maybe Magic, Magic Giant, Magic. I don't know, whatever. Uh, if you wanted a little poppier, then this is your song. The song's called Set on Fire. It debuted this week at number thirty-eight. Alternative songs number fifty on Rock Airplay. <laughs> one of those songs where if you like the banjo it's good because there's a lot of it uh but it's not a banjo in like that mumford and son sense where i feel like you know people were using the banjo as a bit of a butt of a joke because it kind of like signified like you know guys in suspenders and stuff old timing yeah yeah and this is very much not that you obviously take it all back was not with with you in the line and this set on fire song is not either it feels like a total straight pop song but like has banjo in it but it's also very summery so you're just like it would feel very weird if this did not go big not just at alternative but also top 40 can't say for sure but i am calling my shots with these two and we'll see what happens (laughs) but those are two uh for sure to check out i think these are the kind of caps lock bands where you'll write a story about them early on and the publicists will email you back all angry like, you need to switch this into caps lock yeah. to present it properly right now. Wasn't that a – didn't Walk the Moon do that too? I feel like Walk the Moon was that thing. I feel like <laughs> – I feel like some bands really try it. And if the thing is you have to be persistent with that. You either mm-hmm. go full in or I guess you just quit if it's not happening because <laughs> – I can't imagine yeah. how exhausting that is to push if you really want to be caps lock, but everyone just keeps writing you regular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and what my worry is also is maybe the the, the you know Magic Giant and Missy are like listening to this like uh, we don't actually really care. That's just like what it looks like on like, like our label. Sh- co- you know, we got to make a caps lock. <laughs> yeah, right. I I, I don't know. I, all I know is like this is how it comes through. Like when we put our charts together, you know, we don't obviously don't put everything in all caps, but these are in caps at the moment. So we're like, okay, well, that probably means that's how the the copy came through. So, you know, we'll 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 say sure for the time being. Kind of the same way if you look at Kendrick Lamar's literal entire discography of his new album, all caps with a period at the end. Um, that's just uh, the 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 way of the the way of 2017, I guess. I don't know. I'm looking up and down hot rock songs right now to find the other bands like this. There's Need to Breathe, and they're all yes. one word, too. So they, yes. they double down. <laughs> they really yeah, right? go in. Missio, yeah. Need to Breathe Again, Dreamers. Uh, dreamers, yes, Dreamers are all caps. That's right. Um, I think that might be it right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's it on but the But I think Walk songs. the Moon was, if I recall correctly, and there's been others. It's Givers just, went for that. Givers. Um you you can't really count AFI, yeah, because that's like an acronym. And then like churches, but again, that's kind of are they all churches? Caps? Paris, the those, Paris those is bands for sure. have weird V's in their name, so that has to do with why it's yeah. all uppercase. Didn't you see Paris recently? Did I, I saw them that? last night. How was that? Paris was great. I've been really interested. To definitely, just hear the new music because mm. they are 
working on a new album. They said at the show that they're going to be playing New York again in the fall. Mm. They wouldn't say what venue, but <laughs> them playing New York in the fall definitely makes it sound like they're touring and probably touring yeah. would be behind a new album at some point in 2017. Do they play any music? No new music. Okay. Because I am curious to see how they do. Um, how they do. Because they they did solid with the last album. And I think... Uh, you and I, if I recall correctly, was the song. I think it made like the alternative songs chart for like a week and then fell off. And it was like, oh man, I would have liked to see how that would go. But it, they did have a little bit of heat, a little bit of buzz, and you know, it feels like this could be like that, that moment if everything goes right, or they could just like totally go pop and leave us in the dust. I don't know. My house <laughs> is the jam. My house is the jam. I agree. That's that's Track the song. Hot. That's the song. That's what they closed with, and people went crazy for that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was originally, if I recall correctly, when I first started here in the charts department, I think that was a song that was getting worked at radio, but didn't quite make it, but a couple of stations played it. I think, again, You and I was like the song that finally kind of broke the broke them a little bit more, but my house, I remember hearing that and thinking, Ooh. all right, all right, look at you guys, all right. Um, yeah, if we can get some more My House with a new new album, I would not be not be complaining at all. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming by. We'll have to do this again soon. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so we talked charts, talked about some big popular bands. Now we're going to talk about one of my favorite punk records that's come out this year. It's from a band called Charlie Bliss. They're a quartet from Brooklyn. They've been around for about five years. They just put out their debut album. It's called Guppy. actually has a picture of a goldfish on the cover, but we'll excuse them from that. It's out on Barsook Records. And here's a little bit of my favorite track on the album. It's called Westermark. first few seconds of the song you can tell right there how good they are at stringing hooks together writing melodies for voice and guitar so here goes let's talk charlie bliss michael nelson from stereo gum thanks for coming on chris it's my pleasure thanks for having me man are you a Mike? I know you're Michael online, but in person, are you a Mike or a Michael? Uh, it, it could go either way. Yeah, you can go with Mike if you want. So before we jump into the show, give us your Twitter handle and 
just what you're working on, Stereogum stuff, anything you want to shout out? So uh, Twitter handle is at NelsonicBoom. Um, some stuff that we're working on for Stereogum, probably the biggest thing that's that's really worth mentioning, especially relative to the stuff we're going to talk about today, um, Michael Tedder, uh, who is a contributor to Stereogum, just finished uh, this amazing sort of oral history about the uh, Boston alternative rock scene of the late 80s uh, to mid 90s. Um, and it's a fantastic piece. And um, the reason I say it's related to some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is because um, a lot of those bands sort of, I think, influenced the uh, 90s revival bands we're seeing today. And I think that a lot of them sort of hit this ceiling in their careers where their labels sort of expected them to be the next uh, Nirvana, and they all ended up being the Lemonheads and uh, Buffalo Tom and Blake Babies instead, which is, you know, always what they were. So um, I, it's, a, it's a fantastic piece, and I really can't recommend it highly. And the band we're going to talk about in this segment, Charlie Bliss, they definitely have a kinship like a, a similar sound to a lot of these 90s bands that we're talking about. But it's interesting because there aren't any bands remotely similar to Nirvana in terms of success. So there really aren't any kinds of crazy expectations for a band like Charlie Bliss. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think that's that's what makes them... I mean, there's there are many things that I think make them uh, unique and interesting. And I think that when you look at what they might achieve um, going forward, um, you are able to set your expectations a little bit lower in terms of uh, performance, in terms of you know sales um, or radio play. And therefore, I think that uh, you know the artistic expectations can be um, quite a bit higher. Um, but yeah, I, d- the, I do think that they are very much of uh, an extension of these types of bands, um, uh, like especially in terms of the Boston scene, um, they remind me a little bit of Belly, but bands like Veruca Salt, uh, Weezer, That Dog, you know, a lot of the power pop, um, sort of pop punky bands from the 90s, they're sort of revitalizing that sound in a really exciting and cool way, I think. It's really hard to read anything about them without coming across Weezer or Blue Album. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, well, I think that's probably a reference point that they um, embrace. I know that they're uh, pretty big Weezer fans, and I think it's pretty hard to get away from that. Um, you know, uh, I don't think that's the the beginning and end of, of their sound, but I think it's probably the most obvious reference point that you could make. And I, I don't think it's, like, wildly inaccurate, so... Yeah, and I and I think a lot of writers who are around their age, they're in their early 20s, it's hard for them to really know the deeper 90s reference points because it's just not what they grew up with. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because um, you're right, the, the writers who are covering them for sure don't remember or had, you know, weren't really uh, around when those bands um, came up. But um, I, I don't really totally understand where Charlie Bliss gets it from. Like, they must have uh, raided some, like, used CD store um, circa 2000 and just, like, bought all these, like, obscure cutouts 
that they just like amalgamated into their sound because you know they're all really young they're in their early 20s and uh they're playing this music that really references the mid 90s um in a way that it's kind of like like surprising to me it's kind of um it seems almost impossible to me that they would be able to uh you know understand this music that well uh in order to uh you know create songs that I think are so like they're so almost reverential of that sound certainly embrace that sound and uh um that approach to songwriting so this is beyond Weezer and you shouted out a lot of these parallels these influences of Charlie Bliss you wrote for Stereo Gum about their song Percolator in the top five songs of the week. Right, yeah, and our five best songs of the week, yeah. Yeah, tell me about some of these bands, these deep cuts from the mid-'90s, who they're similar to. It's funny, um, you know, uh, the um, so Percolator is the first song on Charlie Bliss's debut album, Guppy, um, and uh, the bands, I, I threw out a couple of names. Um, I mentioned... Uh, well, I mentioned, of course, Weezer. I mentioned That Dog. I mentioned Letters to Cleo. I think those are probably the most obvious reference points. But then I dug a little deeper, and I was talking about bands like uh, Magna Pop and uh, Dig and like Fig Dish. Um, and I don't think in any way that those bands were influences on Charlie Bliss. I'm not sure they ever heard any of those records. As a matter of fact, um, Charlie Bliss, some one of the members of Charlie Bliss tweeted at me, uh, after I wrote that and said, uh, thanks for the nice write-up and thanks for introducing me to Magnapop. So, uh, you know, that obviously wasn't a reference uh, or an influence for them. So, which makes sense because even when Magnapop were releasing records, really nobody was <laughs> listening to them. Um, I don't necessarily think those are influences so much as interesting parallels because that's sort of what Charlie Bliss reminds me of. It reminds me of this time in music when all when a lot of bands who had we're playing this similar style of music, this like, uh, you know, sort of um, power poppy, like really um, uh, loud guitars, really buoyant melodies. Um, we're being signed by major labels and getting play on 120 minutes and getting, you know, uh, placement on the Clerk soundtrack or the Mall Rat soundtrack or whatever. Um, and that is what it brought to mind for me more than anything else you know I listened to it and I just thought this is something I might find on a CMJ new music sampler in 1995 and uh, that's something that I really liked very much now I should say um, what really separates Charlie Bliss from those bands um, economic forces aside is the fact that I think that Charlie Bliss write much much better songs than those bands uh, from front to back um, I think they're really dedicated songwriters and really dedicated to the aesthetic that they're presenting so um, I feel like they are while they're they are somewhat analogous to these bands in terms of the sound they are superior to them in terms of the craft that's pretty imp- I mean they tweeted at you for introducing them to new bands. If they heard that, they'd probably be real, like, thank you for saying we're better than those bands. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that in a case like this, you know, you would have to think that they would, like, feel like if they weren't better than those bands, then why are they doing this? And huh. also, like, if you, if, if somebody says, like, oh, hey, you sound just like this 90s band that had one song that got, you know, played on 120 Minutes for two weeks, um you know, that's not really a compliment exactly. So I feel like, you know, um, 
like if they weren't better than those bands, they should probably like, you know, go back to uh, the studio and, you know, figure out something different, which um, for what it's worth, they uh, I don't know what their the original version or versions of Guppy sounded like, but I know they they really uh, worked intently on it and they scrapped an earlier version of the album to uh, re-record it and come back with the album that they eventually released or are about to release so um you know i think they're pretty dedicated to to uh to like really honing their their sound and approach Well, for, I mean, fortunately, in this case, you know, I think the reviews are 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 uh, are deserved. I mean, I think the record's fantastic. I would think that, you know, irrespective of their age or, um, you know, how far um, how how our connections uh, intertwined, um, you know, I just think it's a really really strong record um, that um, I think a lot of people are going to connect with. Um, it's something that, you know, for a long time on Stereogum, Stereogum sort of started as a, a, a blog that really focused um, pretty strictly on what's called indie rock, right? And, uh, you know, um, as I think the definitions sort of uh, disappeared um, and genres sort of combined and collided uh, and we hired um, or and worked with different writers, um, we covered a lot of music that wasn't specifically indie rock and um uh i know a lot for for a long time our readers would complain um or comment um in a not so positive fashion um you know like that there was no good guitar rock going on because you know we were covering like a lot of uh a lot of hip-hop or a lot of uh electronic music or whatever and um i feel like charlie bliss like i remember hearing and thinking like you know, okay, everybody can kind of shut up about the guitar rock stuff now because it's like this is if that's if this isn't what you were waiting for, then mm-hmm. then I really don't know what what is like to me. It's like the perfect. Um, uh, it's it's not exactly a, a reinvention of uh, of the you know peak guitar rock alternative rock era, but it definitely revisits it in a way that I think is really satisfying, and I think that uh, um, I think that they're gonna get a lot of fans because of that i think a lot of people are going to hear it and there's like going to be a lot of people you know who you know generation x people who hear it and think of you know weezer or that dog or whatever and there's going to be a lot of millennials or generation z people who hear it and are just like really connect with the music because it's really immediate and great music and it doesn't sound like a lot of what you're hearing uh today otherwise so um um i feel like they're doing that um, extremely well, and I think that there's like a large audience out there that's hungry for that stuff. Word, well, we should do this again soon. Thanks so much for coming by, Chris. Anytime, I would love to. Thanks so much for having me. That was just a little more Charlie Bliss from their album Guppy. Actually, yeah, I heard they're visiting Billboard's New York office next month, so maybe they'll do the podcast. Who knows? We'll see. Someone put in a good word for me. But <laughs> that's 
That's just about it for this week. Hope you liked the second episode of Alternative Facts. We're really trying to give you some good insight about, you know, the big bands like Paramore, Fall Out Boy, and their new songs, how they're going to do on the chart, give you some inside info from the people who work here at Billboard. And also, like we just did, really want to shout out stuff from smaller bands we think you'd really like. Stuff like Charlie Bliss. There'll be more suggestions, spotlights on artists like that coming up. And yeah, this, this podcast really is my favorite thing to do at Billboard. I genuinely love my job here. I love a lot of things that I do, but this podcast is probably number one. So I put a lot of work into this over the past couple weeks, launching it, getting it going. It's been a blast. Helps so much to get some support from you guys. If you guys can hop on iTunes and give a star rating, write in some words about what you like, what you don't like with the podcast, it helps so much. Actually, should I say only five-star ratings? Um, be honest, but five-star ratings do help a lot. Um, if you have any other feedback, hit me up on Twitter. My handle is cpain on a plane, uh, or just search C H R I S P A Y N E. I'm the first name that comes up. We'll be back next week talking about the new Gorillas album, checking in on Fall Boy, who knows what else. So subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Get it automatically every week, and I'll see you next Thursday. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.